everyone, this is a Barclay Damon Live broadcast. You're listening to The Cannabis Counselor and I'm your host, Elise Bergio. Let's get into it. What's up everybody? This is episode nine of The Cannabis Counselor. We're here today with Chris Harrigan, a partner of Barclay Damon in the labor and employment section. And he's also a member of the cannabis service team. Chris is gonna take us through what we learned in the Marijuana Regulation Taxation Act for labor and employment what the ramifications are for both employers and employees now moving forward as this bill is passed. It's gonna be very interesting, a lot of good knowledge, so stay tuned. Hey Chris, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us on episode nine of the Cannabis Counselor. How are you doing today? I'm great, Elise, how are you? Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you because I've been getting this question a lot and this isn't really my expertise, but you know, today I really want to talk about what happened as a result of the Marijuana Regulation Taxation Act passing and being signed by the governor on March 31st, and just what these ramifications are for any type of employer or employee um, through these labor and employment provisions. So what has happened as a result of that bill? So, Elise, the, the biggest change that's occurred is, is this law um, now makes it illegal to, to discriminate against somebody on the basis of their mar their legal marijuana use. Um, and specifically, it changes uh, the labor law 201D, which is also commonly referred to as the recreational activities law. Legal cannabis use is now included. It, it's the same as drinking beer, going to uh, your, your, your political party um, rally, whatever the case may be. That's all protected now under the New York labor law through um, the, 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 this new act. And, and there's, uh, uh, so the, it calls into question things like pre-employment drug testing, um, drug testing and discipline um, for current employers. All of that now comes into the fold um, and has to be revisited by employers. So let's talk about pre-employment testing. I think that was your first point. Now, say, let's just use an example here. I am a potential employee. I am a HR director, I smoke weed all the time, big stoner, but I don't do it on the job. I just like to smoke on my after hours and your company drug tests and I test positive for THC. Um, what would what would be the ramifications of that? What would be the effects of, of that test? So it, prior to this new law going new, into effect on pre-employment screens, employers were, it, it, was, it, it was illegal for employers to not offer employment for legally consumable products like alcohol or any other substance that's, that's legally consumable. Um, what this new law does is for pre-employment and screening, it now includes legal cannabis use as part of those legally consumable products that are covered under pre-employment screening. So as a result, if you're somebody in your scenario that you just indicated, um, you're somebody who smokes on the weekend or consumes on your free time and you apply for a job and you've got to uh, have a drug screen as a result of, of that application, um, a positive test can now not be used by the employer to deny you employment or use as a basis to not hire you. So that's interesting. So basically we're treating marijuana now like alcohol. So if you're using alcohol on your, on your off hours, you should be fine to go to work the next day. You might be uh, you know, hung over, it shouldn't be really in your system anymore, but that isn't a, you know, a cause to not let you become an employee of that workplace. Yeah. And that's the comparison that a lot of people are drawing now is that, 
uh, you know, cannabis and marijuana adult use is now really coming into the fold and being treated very much like, um, very much like alcohol. You still can't come, uh, uh, to, you can't come to work drunk. You can't come mm -hmm. to work high now either. It, it doesn't mean that you can come under the influence um, mm -hmm. and, and do your job uh, while you're under the influence. But it does mean that whatever you do when you're off the job can't be used as a basis to discipline or terminate you while you're on the job. So what? So that makes sense. So we talked about pre-employment testing. What about if I'm on the job? You know, it. How does that sure. work? Sure. So a couple things. You know, the first thing that's important to note is what this law does not do is this law doesn't open the floodgates where all of a sudden I can use, I can possess, or, or I can sell drugs at the workplace. All yep. of those things are still off the table. Big no-nos. Can't do it company and, and every employer can still um, have policies and rules as it, as it relates to all of those things. But mm -hmm. what it does what it does mean now is that, for example, if you're an employer who has a, 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 a drug testing policy, whether it's random, whether it's you know regular drug testing, or, or whether it's based on reasonable suspicion, if you have that policy now, um, you got to be careful because the result, if you if an employee has a positive test under any one of those drug testing scenarios, random, uh, reasonable suspicion, or, or mandatory, you can't use that test, the positive test in and of itself to discipline or to terminate employment. Um, there are exceptions to these rules. I'm happy to go through those. You know, the, the first exception is, well, what if I'm somebody who's, who's uh, I'm subject to federal rules and regulations. I have, for example, a trucking company, and I've got mm -hmm. drivers that are subject to uh, US DOT rules and regulations. That's okay. Those people can still continue to be tested. And if those people test positive, they can be disciplined and terminated. Um, so if you're somebody subject- Similar like to a corrections officer, similar to police officer, those employees that you know, this doesn't really necessarily apply to them, this blanket rule. They're part of the exception. That's correct. That's that's exception number one. Exception number two, which is similar to the, that, that federal exception, is if you're an employer who is subject to um, uh, subject to, to federal funding or, or you have federal contracts and not disciplining somebody who tests positive for marijuana, or who is knowingly using uh, uh, marijuana, if, if you doing nothing, if your inaction as an employer causes you to lose a contract or causes you to lose federal funding, um, then, then that's another exception. You, if you find out about this, you are, it's okay to discipline somebody or terminate an employee because of, um, of, of, this, uh, of the drug use or a positive drug test. And then the third exception, which is a little bit different, is um, it, it still means you can't be impaired at work. So if you're an employee that comes and you're impaired, um, and, and what the, the law uses this, this term, and the, the term is specific articulable symptoms, doesn't define what that means. But if you demonstrate that and you're impaired at work, that's also okay to be the basis for termination or discipline. Now, what do those words mean? They're not defined by the statute, but they're going to mean things like um, uh, smelling of marijuana. They're going to mean it's going to mean red and bloodshot eyes, um, uh, delayed uh, reaction time, falling asleep, 
uh, uh, you know, uh, things of that nature that are mm-hmm. open, obvious, and objective. That's another exception where if you see those things, uh, whether it's subject to a, a positive test or otherwise, you can go ahead now and, and, and you can terminate somebody or discipline somebody as a result of, uh, as a result of that. I think that's interesting, right? Because that's kind of the test and standard that we're using for driving while impaired because we don't have a device or a mechanism that can test when THC levels were ingested, consumed, or inhaled for like impaired driving. So you have to use the sight test, right? Bloodshot eyes, odors, so sense, uh, you know, just a visual ID of people. So I think for a little bit, that's going to be how people are determining whether or not anybody is under the influence of marijuana, which is interesting. You know, we've been getting a lot of um, inquiries about just, you know, with this bill passed, people are not allowed to smoke in public, which I think is a really huge takeaway. You can have up to three ounces on your person of marijuana. And so a lot of, there's a lot of gray area or a lot of doubt that I think employers were having that people would be allowed to smoke on the job. And is what you're saying is that is not the case. People can't come to work and do that. They cannot light up and be on marijuana. It's not like a cigarette, right? Um, Correct. So I think that's a huge takeaway for people who are a little unsure about this law. But our last kind of question here, Chris, is what can employers do now that can help them, you know, have takeaways from this from this bill? Yeah, there's a couple of important things that everybody ought to do now. Um, The first is uh, every employer ought to be checking its policies and procedures. So whether it's a drug free workplace policy um, or a drug testing policy, you know, make sure uh, to, to touch base with your with your favorite employment attorney and make sure you've got all the language in there uh, based on including language that, that we've developed through the new act um, to, to be able to, to be compliant. You want to make sure you're not compliant. Um, and then the other thing you got to do is you got to really, really revisit your practices. Um, if you are a, an employer who is still testing um, for THC and pre-employment drug screens, you know, you really got to take a look at that um, and see whether you fill, you fit into any of the exceptions uh, and whether that's even uh, uh, practical anymore to do that. So the first is check your policies, check your procedures, make sure you're in compliance. Um, and then the second thing that I think everybody should do is to the extent that you're an employer who has federal contracts and, or receives federal funding, um, make sure you understand what the requirements are under those federal mandates. Um, because if those mandates require you to maintain drug-free workplace, require you to, to have testing, um, drug testing of certain employees, that, that should and, and, and must continue. Um, and it can also make sure you understand the exceptions, which allows you to continue to do that, notwithstanding uh, the legalization that we've been talking about today. Amazing, Chris. Thank you so much. And for all of our viewers out there, if you are an employer and you have questions on this, hit up Chris Harrigan. He is our go-to person for any labor and employment matters on the cannabis service team very well versed in this subject area and knows a lot about cannabis as well. Um, so feel free to find him and we'll drop down his, uh, his bio and a way to connect with him on this podcast. Thanks so much. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Elise. The Cannabis Counselor Podcast is available on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Like, follow, share, and continue to listen. Thanks.